0: Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now.
1: Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Jamie Campbell Bower on his music on Stranger Things, on Twilight, Harry Potter, and more. Hey guys, I'm Josh Harowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I don't know if you guys are regular subscribers to the podcast. You probably are if you're listening to this, but I hope you're not bombarded by all these episodes we've had we've had a lot going on. um this is our second episode of this week. I think we had two last week. uh, we might keep up this pace for a while. um this is it's been just a, a good time for folks to to chat with people that I've dying to chat with, and when it rains, it pours. So today's episode is indeed jamie campbell Bower, someone another another um young man who i've had a, a long history with and it's a, like i've said before it's so great to meet these folks at different stages of their career um jamie is in such a great place right now i'm so happy for him he's having a hell of a year a hell of a summer he is of course spoiler alert for stranger things fans who have not caught up spoiler alert he's the big bad he is vecna he is henry creel he is one uh, a great performance in the new season of Stranger Things, and better yet, he's going to be on the, the last season, too, as the big bad. Uh, we're going to talk all about that. We talk all about his new music, which is not new to him. He's been making music his entire career, but something he's always been passionate about and something um, that continues to be uh, creative fulfilling for him, and certainly the fans are there for it, too. Uh, he has intentions and aspirations to tour with it. We get into that. And we also dive into all things, you know, all phases of his career. Um, he was, of course, in the Twilight films. He revealed to me in this conversation that he was, in fact, yes, up for Edward at first in Twilight. We also talk about his role in the Harry Potter films, and this I did not know, and I don't know if this is public knowledge, he auditioned to play Harry Potter as well. He has a great story about that. So. um, it's a great chat, and we're not even getting into the, the the really interesting substantive stuff, which is that Jamie was was really open and honest and talking, as he has been in the past, about his uh, his sobriety. He's been sober; I think he's been sober. He says for seven plus years, um, and his words on this in this conversation I know will be meaningful to many people. Um, talking about the issues he's faced and how he's navigated them and how he's come out the other side. Um, just a, a, a good guy. And, and like I said, it's, it's just great to meet folks at different stages and to see him now uh, in a good place, career and, and personally uh, makes, makes me happy. So uh, this was a conversation we recorded live for the Patreon audience. As you may or may not know, we've been doing a few of these live uh, episodes. So um, we did the one with Graham McTavish. We did this with Jamie And basically what that means is what you'll hear is is the normal podcast conversation. Um, You'll just hear references to the live audience, which, of course, um, you can't participate in. I'm sorry if you are listening to this podcast, unless you have the power to turn back time. Um, And what a strange use of your power to turn back time to be in a live Patreon Happy Second Fused episode. But that's on you. Um, uh, So you'll hear references to the live audience and to some of their questions there. If you want to get in on these live chats, You know the answer. Patreon.com slash happy, sad, confused. We'll continue to do more of them. Um, We're also putting up this conversation, uh, as we do now with all conversations, on the YouTube page. Go over to YouTube.com slash Josh Horowitz. Um, So much content there, guys. Uh, John Boyega last week, Neil Gaiman, Natalie Emanuel, and all the old archive stuff. Go to youtube.com slash josh and subscribe, and you'll be the first one to see all the new stuff, unless you're on the Patreon when you get the early access. All right, enough, enough, enough of that uh, silliness. Um, I do want to mention live events because there's a lot coming up. Uh, we've already mentioned in late October, October 25th, I'll be talking to Ralph Macchio about his new memoir and Cobra Kai and Karate Kid and everything at Symphony Space, October 25th, in the evening, I'll be chatting with him. Uh, the link to that is in the show notes. On September, let me get this right, September 29th, I'll be talking to Mila Kunis. I believe her, her new film is The Luckiest Girl in the World. We're going to screen that film. I'm going to do a live, happy, sad, confused chat with her. i um, very excited for that. She's never done the podcast, but I've always enjoyed chatting with her. Uh, that's at 92nd Street Y. Again, evening of September 29th. Um, What else can I say? I think by the time you listen to this, I think by the time you listen to this, I can say this, um, New York Comic Con, October 9th, I think it's 4pm, I'll be moderating the panel for Weird... Yes, Weird is the Weird Al biopic. I'm so excited for this. I'm going to see it very soon. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Evan Rachel Wood, Weird Al will make an appearance, I think, virtually, but that'll work for me. Um, Can't wait for that. October 9th, if if you're in New York at New York Comic Con, come on by. 4 p.m. is the big panel. For weird i'll be moderating that um so yeah lots of opportunities to see me up close and personal in person come on out if you can buy tickets to the events and again as i said as always on the patreon you get discount code so check that out patreon.com happy sad confused um, i think that's all the business at hand let's get right to this once upon a time live event with uh, the ever-charming, the very talented uh, Mr. Jamie campbell Bower. Enjoy. We've made it, Jamie. Are you still there? I'm here. Oh, this is the, the biggest exhale of the entire conversation. Going live, that moment before you go live, I just... Usually I rely on a camera crew, people that know better than me, but when I have to hit the Go live button, Jamie. It's just—I uh, f- I feel like I, I need to run to the bathroom. I'm, I'm sweating. It's horrible.
0: There's no redos. There's no redos. We're here. It's present. We're in the moment. <laughs> this
1: is 2022 encapsulated. Just two dudes talking into their computers, trying to make a connection.
0: Screaming into the internet, into the void. Help us. <laughs>
1: Uh, An official welcome to the audience watching live and a a welcome to folks that are watching us in 75 years after we're dead and buried. Hopefully you enjoy this conversation. This was 2022. This was Jamie Campbell Bauer and Josh Horowitz. This is what we did back then. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Most importantly, uh, thank you to the audience joining us live. We're going to take uh, your questions from Mr. Jamie Campbell Bauer. Uh, you might see a little um, button that says, ask a question. That's where you do it, guys. Just write in your question there. Uh, and if you want to be on camera, if I get my shit together and f- actually figure out a way to do it, just write in the question, yes, I'm cool with being on camera. Maybe I'll, I'll make a stab at it and hopefully our computers won't explode. Um, but the man of the hour, let's get right into it. Jamie, uh, it's so good to see you. Congratulations. You've had a good summer, man. The music, Stranger Things. It's its a good time to be Jamie Campbell Bauer. Just tell me how you're doing. What's the summer been like for you, man?
0: It's been great. Um, it, started, it started sort of chaotically with the release of the show. Um, you know, it, it, for me, I hadn't been able to talk about it for, what, two and a half years. So when I was finally able to divulge all this information there was this sort of verbal diarrhea that just sort of spewed forwards Um, very exciting Uh, you know an incredible project to talk about an incredible show to be a part of Um, and then you know I've been working for 15 years now so I know when things kind of get crazy and what I need to do to remain human and myself and not kind of get you know too wrapped up in it and try and remain grounded so there was a sort of two-week period where I was like oh like the mind was just everywhere it was it was living in the clouds and then I was like wow I need to reground regroup meditate stay focused stay centered you know um so was doing all of that there's been a lot of great travel I've met some amazing people um it's it's been it's been just, it's been beautiful. It's been a real blessing. It's It's been, you know, not without its ups and downs, but that's life. That's life. It's never well, plain you, sailing.
1: You, you bring up something that I wanted to kind of talk about because i remember talking to you way back when in the mortal instruments era and kind of like the 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 first round of like jamie campbell bauer has arrived moment a a couple years after sweeney todd and it was it was an exciting time and it you're at such a different place i know in your life and career Mm -hmm. and personally and you just alluded to this like there must be a, a weird kind of sense of deja vu you're you know you're not 22 you're a man that's kind of been through it and like just talk to me a little bit about you know this next this this new um opportunity or this like kind of second chance at you know quote-unquote mainstream success that do you feel like you you're going into this with a much different attitude given all that you've been through career-wise and personal wise
0: absolutely i mean for me you know in my early 20s and my mid 20s and even my late 20s once you know once i'd gotten sober um i was still figuring myself out there were still parts of me that i had yet to get to grips with um and now you know at 33 i'm much more able to understand myself and my career and the importance of creating beautiful art and that it's very little to do with me at the end of the day, you know. um, I think when any young person encounters a level of interest in them, it's always a very jarring and, and strange experience. And now I look at life like and I look at the world you know it's like we're all at school together it it it, it we we're, we're here and actors or creative people are putting on shows like my agent said this the other day he was like darling we're just putting on shows in the barn and we're right. hoping that people come right. to see the show and if it resonates with them then fantastic and if it doesn't then we try again and we do better and we figure out why um so th- that for me is like a huge part of it mentally now and and I think i'm just a lot more i'm a lot happier i'm 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 just a lot happier now i i'm re- i really really am and I'm able to deal with life on life's terms now and and know that you know like i just said you know the trajectory of anyone's career or life is never this sort of like continual upward graph it it goes up and it goes down and it's about how you deal with each of those things and how i maintain myself in those moments of the peaks and in those moments of the trough you know it's if i can try and remain at peace at all times when the external forces are doing whatever they're gonna do then i'm able to handle it and i'm able to manage it you know i i have no control over anything other than me and and that's great
1: and and what people i think uh, from the outside looking in don't often realize is there's the professional stuff and the ups and downs as you said that is often totally out of your control even if you make a great film or tv show the marketing might might not be there it might just not hit in the right way and it's like also meanwhile like a loved one could be dying you could be going through a breakup things could be great it's like these are these are totally different tracks and only with wisdom and age and having been through it a few times can you kind of rationalize that because like when yeah when you're 22 it's all connected and you're just you probably just like feel like well it's never going to end it's going to get better this is how it is i mean you of course and i do want to if you'll indulge me go back a little bit like sweeney todd i know we're going way Mm. back but that was your first film and and it just boggles my mind when i think about that because tim burton Johnny Depp, Helen and Bonham Carter, Sondheim, a musical, Pinewood Studios, like everything about it was like, it, it kind of doesn't get better than that. It, it just can you take me back to that? Like what was, what was the intimidating part of that? What was the exciting part of that? What, what jumps out when, when you think back
0: to those times? Uh, all of it was intimidating and all of it was <laughs> exciting. Uh, I mean, I got that job I found out that I'd booked a job the week of my 18th birthday. So I had a party at my house. My parents put on this beautiful, you know, sort of lunch. And we hired in these like, you know, ratchet old like farm tables. And all my friends came and I was still living. I was I was at boarding school, so I was still living at school. So I was being picked up in the morning at like 5 a.m. to go to Pinewoods and then back at like 9pm and it was a very surreal experience, but an experience that at that time felt very natural in a strange way. You know, I'm sure you'll ask me, but like I started life, you know, like on stage from quite a young age, uh, doing musical theater predominantly. Right. So, to kind of step into doing something that was still musical theater felt very kind of normal for me in a strange way. However, obviously, it's Timber and, you know, it's like you're at Pinewood. It's not normal at right. all. Um, the most intimidating experience I think I had throughout that whole process, however, was. I remember we were tracking the orchestra parts at Air Studios in North London, and there was like a 72-piece orchestra, and Stephen Sondheim was there, Tim was there, Johnny was there, Helena was there, Laura Michelle Kelly was there, and I remember stepping into the booth to live track my vocal as Anthony Hope in front of all these legends and these icons in front of the huge orchestra in this recording studio that has so much history. And Laura Michelle Kelly noticed that I was really nervous. And she was like, what I like to do is I like to pretend that I'm holding a chair above my head. It helps me to breathe deeper. So I went in there and tried that, and it, I just failed. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, I couldn't do it. I was, and so I ended up having to retract my vocal at a smaller studio in Chiswick in West London um, with, I believe his name was Mike, who was doing our, who was doing our, our sound, and just feeling a lot more like relaxed and, and at peace. Um, but that whole experience was was very. I, I remember it with such fondness, and it, it, it was a very beautiful and you know what a what a blessing! Like what a blessing yeah. to to do that for your first job like that. That is that really is like you say. You know, it's 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 for some people, it's the peak. It's everything, and 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 I'm so grateful that I was able to be a part of that, Um, but it was amazing. And 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 I've been so fortunate that you know, 99.9% of everyone I've ever worked with has been so gracious and I've learned on the job, not only how to do my job, but also how to be in my job, how to, and that comes from the older performers that I'm working with who have done this for time. You know, people like Ian McKellen Yep. You are so gracious with every single person that they meet and so much fun and so, and so brilliant at what they do. And I've been so fortunate because I've been able to witness that, pick up on it and go, God, that's just... You're so lovely and kind to everyone and this is how it should be, you know. This is how we should work together. Um, and Sweeney was no exception to that. You're working with Tim Burton, an incredible artur you know, who spends so much time in his head and has a great support around him. And and you're just watching this genius at work. It's like fucking fascinating.
1: It's so funny so the, the a lot of people lately have been talking about this like so, supposed like Twilight resurgence for me Twilight never went away. Twilight was the beginning of my career at MTV. I had I had a great deja vu moment recently when Ashley Green. Ashley Green's been doing a podcast like looking back at Twilight and I came on and I talked a little bit about my experience just on the periphery of it and you had a kind of a cool vantage point on it like you you were in it but you didn't like you weren't like besieged like everybody else you kind of like could dip in and out of it is it true first of all like that you were you up for edward did you do the audition for edward for catherine hardwick is that a true
0: story that is a true story and i have an email from um i think it's from wick godfrey at summit that i think i looked at this like a year ago or two years ago because i remember catherine had a house down in santa monica and i remember i was like driving i thought i was driving past the house i was like holy shit, I remember all of this going on now. So I like pulled up the, I was like, Twilight got to find this email and they were really interested in me reading for Edward. And they were like, you know, the, the sort of like the dedication that Jamie brings to his roles, you know, we're really interested in seeing him and all of this and all of that. And it just, it didn't work out at the time because it was around the same time that I think Sweeney was being released is when they were interested in seeing me. And I think life was just so crazy and hectic. It was one of those things that just never came to fruition. And yet, you know, cut to movie two and they're like, hey, want to come and play a bad guy? I was like, yeah, I'd love to. But also, I I like was not great in that audition either. <laughs> like, I remember.
1: <laughs> were, do you, were you with Kristen? Did you play opposite her?
0: No, no. So I never screen tested or never auditioned for Edward. Like it was more of just like a conversation where they were like, we we really want Jamie to come along. We'd love him to be a part of this. We see him as a potential Edward. And it just like it didn't work out. But then when I went back to read for Caius, I remember like I was still so young. I was like 19. And I forgot the lines and I said, I was really sorry in the audition. And I remember my agent at the time called me and they, and afterwards and they were like, the audition was fine. Just never say sorry in an audition ever again.
1: (laughs) Project absolute confidence. You nailed it. Never, don't apologize. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which I, I, which is not a note I've ever taken with me, by the way. So, you know, I still say (laughs) sorry if I get things wrong because accountability, right? So um, yeah, like, it was that was a that was a crazy time too yeah wild
1: was was potter always were you up for other potter roles or was it always grindelwald uh back then i, I was up for harry i i
0: i yeah so they came to my school uh to look for uh, potential potters or potential cast members and pulled me out of a bunch of people and so i went to go to the audition and i think correct me if i'm wrong but isn't the first potter chris didn't chris do the no, first Potter? chris did the first christ right that's um, right yeah of course so going again you know so to go back to twilight you know seeing chris again so i went to go and meet chris when i was 14 oh, I guess. Oh, you're talking
1: about Chris, Chris White's? No, Chris White's didn't do Potter. Chris Columbus did Potter. Chris Columbus, Weitz, course, that's new right. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course, Chris Columbus. Yeah. That's right. Sorry. Yes. Confusion there. So I went to go and meet Chris Columbus in London for the first Harry Potter. And they'd asked us to prepare a joke. And I had just heard this joke about a fairy, like uh, the reason why the fairy sits on top of the Christmas tree and it, it's a really like dirty joke because it's a Christmas tree up somebody's bottom, and I told this joke in the, in the audition, and there was again this sort of just like air of just like silence after I said it, and I was like, well, fuck that up. Um, <laughs> that kind of on. Um, so, so yeah, that that was something that like I was asked to to be a part of, and then. You know, I had I had friends uh, in that sphere in the Potter universe, and I work with Simon Beresford, who represents me in London, who I've worked with since Sweeney, who got me Sweeney, um, also represents Ray Fines. So, when they were sort of looking for somebody to come in and and potentially play a young Grindelwald, you know, they would asking the people that they knew and and Simon said, well, Jamie's now you know properly working and is not telling too many rude jokes anymore. you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a phase yeah.
1: when he was eleven years old. He was telling really nasty dirty jokes, but he's grown out of it. yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah being a little turd um, <laughs> I, I, and and so they were like, yeah, of course, like let's let's get him in and um and so I was very fortunate in that sense where it was like, let's do this. Let's, 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 you know, let's play this role. Amazing.
1: Before we jump uh, uh, forward to both the music and Stranger Things, I do want to mention, because you've been so honest, and I know it's helped a lot of people, and obviously only talk about as much as you're comfortable, but you, you know, you've talked about sobriety, and you tweeted about it, and I know that must mean so much to so many young people, because, you know, as you well know, mental health is not talked about, especially for young men, like, talked openly about, like, these kind of struggles. And I'm just curious, like, looking back, like, Do you tie any of what you've been through in with the work, with the industry, with the pressures that you felt? Was this all just going to happen anyway? This is just like genetic and, you know, predispositions and the stuff that you were going to go through. I mean, looking back, you must have had time to sort this out and think this through about sort of the genesis of, of what you've gone through.
0: Look, I, for me, I, I, growing up, was a very anxious child, probably one of the reasons why I told a lot of dirty jokes, (laughs) uh, probably the reason why I sought attention in some way as well. Um, It was this feeling of not being able to fully comprehend, come to terms with the deep emotions that I had within me. I always found that quite scary growing up, um, I also suffered in, with what we call, you know, a, a spiritual malady. I, I had this big hole in my body and in my sort of being that that I just didn't know how to kind of fill. And when I discovered alcohol, it was like all of this fear goes away. It just it just disappears. And you marry that with an inability to you know know my know the fact that i don't have an off switch it's it's a catalyst for like for total disaster also you know for me there was this feeling of like wanting almost to kind of i think because i wasn't able to 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 like i was saying to fully grasp who i was there was also this feeling of wanting to self-destruct in some way um and, and and so my addiction was a very isolating and, and lonely place for me. Um, it, it it wasn't it's you know, it's not like it really is made out to be in, you know, the movies with rock stars where it's like you're touring the world taking a load of drugs. It's the reality is is that often, you know, you're spending a large amount of time on your own and wanting to be on your own with your chosen substance, right? Um, and and that that you know also creates a, a really deep level of depression, and so the the whole cycle is incredibly cyclical. Just one thing feeds and in, feeds into another, and I would never ever say that it was any any fault of any career that I had chosen. I, I could have been a chartered accountant. And and done the same thing, you know, I I think it was just, it was just who I am. And it's funny, my, I don't think my mom would mind me talking about this. Like, my mom always saw it in me. She was like, you need to stay away from certain things. And I was like, ah, don't be silly. Like, I'm a kid. Like, I'll do what I want to do. But she was right, you know. And, And I needed to experience that for myself. But one of the things that came up for me as I was, as I was preparing for For Stranger Things, like, I've always been very open and vocal about both my mental and my friends with mental health and, and with addiction. Um, but one of the things that came up for me, particularly whilst I was prepping for the show, was if I can stand up anywhere and talk about my experience and it just inspires one person who's feeling the same way then i've then that's it i'm good like i i feel like i've done i i feel like i've done as much as i as much as i can do sort of publicly privately i will always help people but publicly i'll be like look this is me this is the experience that i went through i made a decision with the help of many others and something that guides me and it's put me in a position now that i never dreamt was possible ever yeah. like you know mm-hmm. talk to me when i was 25 24 I didn't think I'd make it to 27 you know I really really didn't and and so that that journey to be able to share that with people across the board Grace said something beautiful Grace who plays Chrissy in the show you know she's talking about her this was over the weekend at this convention that we were at and she was saying that you know addiction and struggle does not pertain to one particular thing it's not I'm an you know I'm an alcoholic, and therefore that's it. You know, and only alcoholics can can understand this and listen to this. It's like, you no, know, these are all your addictions can go anywhere and can go everywhere. And I know that my addictions have gone everywhere. You know, I can cross addict into food, into exercise, often into work, which is great because now I'm able to like really become obsessed with jobs, which I love
1: well it's a manifestation of of other issues it's not in and of itself the thing it's connected to every other hole and wanting and problem that we're we're trying to ignore and 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 push away and it's it's not you know as you say it's 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 all connected and honestly you know this but like every word you've just spoken and i see it in the chat just now in the live chat like it means so much to people and you should know that like like sharing yourself so openly on that like it it, it does make a real difference so um i'm glad you're doing you've been through this journey and come out the other side and i know it's a day by day thing but but i'm glad today you're doing well man congratulations on that thank you thank Um, you so much
0: pretty sweet
1: so so let's talk a little, let's talk about the music because the music's great. Um, you have, and I know this has always been a passion. You you talk about this from, from childhood, but um, you have the new single that you released, the video. I think the video is more haunting than anything Vecna does. Watching you in I Am, that's that's the chilling stuff. The pre this preacher guy, I don't want to fuck with him. That guy, that guy scares me. <laughs> what what does music do for you that acting doesn't? Or is it or is it feeling the same well? Um, talk to me a little bit about
0: what you get out of it. It it does in some way fill the same well. Um, it's, It's interesting. Art for me is always about connecting to the deepest possible truth. And acting, as you know, from my side of things, is largely to do with The way it's written, if 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 on the page, there is this undeniable universal truth, the job is like, it's a dream. It's it's everything. You're like, fuck, you're talking to me. I like, you know, we get the same feeling from watching something as we do from performing it, right? Um, You know, and to go back to Stranger Things, you know, the way Matt and Ross write is just. The whole show, yes, okay, whilst we're in this, you know, world of, of, you know, Eleven having superpowers and Brenner and, you know, Russia and all of this kind of crazy exterior, it's peppered with these
1: beautiful
0: moments of reality, and that comes from the writers. Um, Same thing with music. It's like I'm always trying to tap into something that is really deep within me. Um now with you know with acting obviously you are saying someone else's words.
1: Right. You're the conduit for someone else in a way. And this is direct communication. This is from your heart and soul I would think. You would hope. (laughs) That's the goal. That's the yeah.
0: Uh, um, So you know it 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 does fill the creative need within me um that being said you know it 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 comes when it comes it's not it's not an easy journey it's not an easy road there are weeks where i will write things down or i will write songs and it's just absolute piffle it's just awful and I have to keep plugging away at it to make sure that I'm really like cutting through to the heart of, 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 of what I want to be talking about and who, who I am. Um, but it's music is just always service this need and this desire that acting is service too, which is to feel free. It's this freedom that I get when I am on stage, whether it be acting or doing music, and I'm doing something that means a lot to me or something that's resonating with me, I feel the most free I have ever felt in my life. And and that feeling is a feeling that I will chase until the end of time.
1: <laughs> I don't know how free you feel when you get your eight hours of makeup to play full-on Vecna. I wouldn't think it is freeing. It's like, they can't see me. I can do anything. Like you can, I am hidden, and I have... I I, it must feel like uh, extraordinary to step on set. I mean, the story's already been told, like when you stepped out in that full regalia, you reduced poor Millie Bobby Brown to tears. I mean, it was that that's that's a credit to you and a credit to the makeup artists of what they're able to create in this environment. But um, I want I want to talk a little bit about your interpretation because, um, man, it, it works on so many levels. I know you've talked about like finding the voice and that took a little trial and error. What was the what was the worst version of the voice what was the one that like that what was the what was the what was the one that you regret even toying with can you give me any <laughs> hint of what it sounded like give me the shit vecna uh, i want shit vecna
0: this shit vecna i i think that i think the worst the worst was probably at the read through if i'm being honest because i had never really done it in front of anyone before so i was so nervous about it and and shit vecna Shit oh, it, he sounds very constipated <laughs> you know he's he's like this you know it's time chrissy you know he's, like...
1: <laughs> he's holding it all in it's just sort of like
0: oh man i can't believe i just did that it was not good it was not great <laughs> um yeah that was that was shit shit Beckner, both you know metaphorically and literally if we're talking oh. about constipation so yeah
1: Looking forward. I mean, the, the excitement of this is not only what you've accomplished in season four, but, you know, you're the big bad, like for the for the end end game, like this is it. This is the guy, he's coming back in a big way. Um, I know you probably know no- nothing. The actors never know anything until it's time to get on set. Is that true still, you're in the dark? Yes. Oh, wait, <laughs> oh, you do know something. Have you seen scripts? Have you seen anything?
0: No, I haven't seen anything. I've seen nothing.
1: Wow, I I jumped the gun. You know stuff. Jamie knows stuff. <laughs> who who okay, you've you've played opposite a lot of talented actors. Who are you excited to potentially play with that you haven't yet in the Stranger Things cast?
0: I would love I I I've mentioned this before. I, I would really love to um to 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 see a journey between Beckner and Will. I, I do think that there is unfinished business there between the two of them i I am a huge fan of the show and I know that you know from uh, from sort of skulking around the internet there are people who are suggesting that we may have seen Vecna in season one um you know and, and and I and I would love to kind of explore that relationship with will purely I think also because like visually when I watch the show, you know like when will is like in bed and and you know uh, and, and Winona's is having to like, up the temperature like that's a lot like that's a lot that's it's very scary and and i love scary so i i'd like to see more of scary
1: sold all right i want to run through a bunch of questions we've got uh, a ton of questions um we'll, we'll, we'll get through, uh, through as many of these as possible in our remaining time with jamie um here's one that i was not aware of until this person wrote this down and then i looked it up so sage hannah wants to know hey can you please ask jamie bauer to say stop it behave yourself I need this. Are you so? You must be aware of this. I did. Then I went to YouTube, and sure enough, there are tens of thousands of views on compilations of you saying, "Stop it! Behave yourself." Is this like a go-to? Is this like your go-to phrase that I don't that I was unaware of?
0: I I, I think it was I, being British. I'm very unable to sort of handle any form of um, praise. And um, "Stop it! Behave yourself" was sort of a shutdown. Uh, it was like, <laughs> oh, "No, don't do that. Let's move on." Like that's making me feel funny. Um, so I am aware of it. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, Jess wants to know if you were made to choose between acting and music and could do only one for the rest of your life, which would you choose?
0: It's a hard one. I know. Death, 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 death. Can't do it.
1: (laughs) Um, avocado says, hi, Jamie, with the massive success of your newest single, I am, and you currently residing in the U S would you ever consider touring across the country?
0: Yes, I would love to. Um, it's been something that, I've spoken about with the great group of people that I work with, Um, for me, I really want to, when I go out on tour, do shows in strange places or do shows in places that you wouldn't normally expect to see a touring artist to go to. So, you know, for instance, like I took a bunch of crazy pictures out in this little town called Mayfield, um, Georgia, whilst we were working and that was for the music. And I'd love to go to small towns like Mayfield, Georgia and like play in some like old abandoned church building um, and just bring a rig with me. I also remember like watching documentaries of Bob Dylan um, and he would drive himself in the um, in, in this Winnebago, you know, across the country when he was touring. That for me is something that I would love to do. It's, you know, for me, it's about making the entire experience of living an artistic experience so if i can drive myself you know across the country to go and play a show i will and that's what i want to do so yes that 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 is the plan we're slowly but surely kind of getting there um i want to have enough material to be able to put on a really great show for people um but yeah it's out there it's in it's in the it's in the universe
1: uh, here's a question. Who would you most like to play in a biopic? And specifically, they're mentioning um, musicians. They mentioned David Bowie, Kurt Cobain. Have you ever dreamed of playing a musician, a real-life musician in a biopic?
0: Yeah, I I, I would always be interested in in playing a musician in a biopic. I mean, the, the, the Bowie um, movie that Johnny Flynn did was something that was floating around my universe for a minute. And I think the thing that The thing that scares me about that is, you know, it's it's seemingly very difficult um, logistically to obtain both the rights to the story and the music music, combined. Yeah. Yeah, So I I think if if um, if the project was right, I would definitely do a Bowie thing. It would be scary, but it would be something that I would be very, very interested in doing. But there's like a script that has been floating around since I was like 19. Um, It's not a biopic about a real rock star, but it is a biopic about a musician. And I remember reading it and there's still part of that character that's like exists within me. Um, And I've sort of tried to kind of get it, sort of bring it back to life again, but you know, everyone's kind of moved on. It's been been like 16 years. Everyone's like, you're like, still here, still
1: here. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah 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 yeah.
1: Nobody's. but sometimes i agree sometimes those like those kind of pseudo masked like biopics are the best like that 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 even like todd haynes like i'm not there that was kind of about dylan but kind of an interesting interpretation velvet goldmine like these ones that are kind of like they're not the literal biopic but like using that persona multiple personas that life as a a means to express something bigger about the musician are, are kind of the coolest ones in a way um
0: I mean, I'm I'm not there, like, that film, for me, is just, like, such a huge part of my, you know, cinematic archive, as it were. You know, Blanchett's performance, I mean, everyone's performance in it, you know, even down to Ben Wishaw just sat in that, you know, courtroom smoking cigarettes. I mean, aesthetically, I'm just like, oh, fuck, come on. Um, But, like, you know, Blanchett's performance in that film, performance in anything is fucking ridiculous, but, like, she just crushed it. Like, mind blowing.
1: Did Did you have you mentioned like Wishaw, and I I I wonder like did you have like a group like a peer group, like I you know you're you're a little younger than like the Pattinsons and the McAvoy's and the Hiddleston's, So I'm curious like did you have like a, a kind of a group that you feel you came of age with back home, or no? Yeah, well,
0: kind of. I mean, you know, Redmayne, um, Sturridge, Pattinson we were all kind of, when we were in our sort of, they were a little bit older than me, like you say, but we would all do the same kind of photo shoots together. So, you right. know, those like up and coming actor shoots. So we always find <laughs> ourselves on set. And then, you know, it's like, you'd see Rob just like jet off into the stratosphere. And it, you know, I felt like we were kind of like old versions of like Peter O'Toole sat in bars, smoking yep. cigarettes, drinking, being like fucking jaded, you know, being like bastard. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> So there were, a, there were kind of a few of us, and it's it's always really nice, you know. Like when I went back to go and do that really brief thing that I did in um, in Fantastic Beast, you know, Eddie came into the trailer and like came and gave me this big hug and was like, "It's so good to see you, man! Like I haven't seen you forever." So there were kind of yeah, I was kind of part of that group, but also kind of removed from it too. Yeah. I never. I guess I've always suffered from this like imposter syndrome where I'm like, I'm not fucking meant to be here. What the hell's going on?
1: I always say this. All the best ones have imposter syndrome. If you think you belong, then I don't I don't want to talk to you. I don't don't have confidence. (laughs) The good ones doubt themselves every single day, no matter how successful they are. Um, You are correct me if I'm wrong. You're going to be working with Kevin Costner and not just Kevin Costner, but on a Kevin Costner directed Western. I'm very excited for this. Kevin is a great director. He knows westerns. Um, this is the next gig.
0: Yes, sir yes, what's the sir, what's the um, prep?
1: Have you ever done anything like this? I don't feel like I've seen this on the resume before
0: No, it's funny. i i've never I've never been in a western. um but interestingly enough, with the way that my music has been going since January of this year, it it all felt, it's all felt very serendipitous, you know, it's like run on, had this like, you know, obviously Johnny Cash covered it. Um, And, 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 you know, the the look of the video that we made had this like kind of Western feel to it, so much so that we even used a grading when we were editing, you know, this Western grade on it. Um, And through to I Am as well, which was a song that I made think before like I even got the gig with Kevin so it has felt like everything's been sort of leading up to this moment and then now you know I'm really immersing myself in in the world of sort of more modern westerns and and picking out characters that for me um you know for me are helping me build this person that I that I like in the character that I'd like to see on the screen when I'm watching it um so you know it's like I'm watching the movie like Bone Tomahawk and, like, The Proposition, oh, uh, nice. you know, I, oh, yeah. I, I went back to, yeah, I went back to Django Unchained just because Leo's performance in that is so great and so visceral, you know, I've got the 310 to humor that I've got to watch as well, and, like, yeah, Assassination, yeah. you know, I've got, I've, got a, I've got a sort of endless list that I'm immersing myself in, I'm also putting posters up around my house of Western films, I've got this, you know, great, poster by like kurt russell that i'm about to put up so like tombstone it, I'm, I'm really yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah so i'm really getting into it um this is a this is I, a I more know, pleasant
1: uh, mood board than the uh, stranger things mood board this is not quite as dark as not, the Vecna mood board
0: not necessarily this i'll tell you this much the man ain't that nice oh no <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: with with the baddies that you're so good at how have you not played an evil imperial officer in Star Wars yet, D- Donald Gleason stole your gig, basically. I think, and I love Look, Donald.
0: I I love Donald too, but I'm I'm going to be honest with you, Josh. I'm gunning for James Bond. I uh, not not to play Bond, but to be a villain in Bond. And I remember before Rami did the film, I was like, I'm going to be the first person, you know, like under thirty to do it. It's going to be a and then Rami comes <laughs> along and just like kills it, and I'm like, damn it, <laughs> damn it, I wanted to do that. Um, so there's still I, I time. That. I've always said that. There's still oh, time. There's still time.
1: What's what's your villain? Do you have a do you you want you want a scar? A uh, an affectation? What's your what's your?
0: Uh... I, you know what? I actually have no idea. I, that's a very good question. I think it's just the dream of being the villain. I'm like oh, you,
1: hey, you have the constipated Vecna voice. You have that ready. So just recycle <laughs> that.
0: I, I love. I don't know what I could do with it. I think it's always it's also because like I always felt like there's a point I think in every like British actor's career where we go never gonna be Bond. It's never gonna happen. <laughs> Look at me. And then you go, Well, what can I do? Oh, I could be the villain, that could be fun. Um, yeah. So I got I got to the understanding that I'd never play Bond. <laughs> to like, be the campest James Bond ever. Let's be honest. <laughs> The martini Marshall- would have like a little umbrella in it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. These folks would watch it. We'd all watch it. Look, you could play, I was going to say Q, but Ben's got that on lockdown. all has got that. So we'll find a role for you in the Bond franchise. Um, okay. I'm so happy for all the success, man. And it's it, look, it, it's been a journey and the journey will continue. And... um I mean, I don't need to say it for this audience, but obviously the music continues, check out. So are we going to see more singles? I know it's not necessarily an album forthcoming, but more music
0: on its way? Yeah, more music on its way in varying different formats and varying different degrees. I I think, you know, for me also doing the music is offering me an experience to direct my own videos more so now. So, and that's something that I think eventually I would love to, attack in the feature world um and 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 get into um so um yeah more music more continuation of the story just more art in general just just continuing to make art and, and and put it out there for as long as humanly possible
1: uh amazing continued success man it's been great to track what you've been up to congratulations again we'll talk i'm sure more about the music and stranger things and 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 your next baddie with mr kevin costner um it's been a real pleasure to catch up, man. I hope you're. I hope you stay well. And um, anytime you need me, I'm here in my little Zoom box for you.
0: Josh, you're so sweet. It's been a long, long time. For those people who 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 have either just made it or or um or, or don't know, Josh, you know, has interviewed me a lot over my career, and it's been so nice to kind of see you again. And I remember seeing you on the carpet at MTV. Uh, you know and 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 just gone and and just feeling like wow man this is crazy so thank you i'm really really grateful well done you you know i'll see you around i am here i'm here for you i love yeah and for the record our last uh
1: uh interview on the carpet was with the three of you eduardo joe and you and i think i asked you to uh, make your answer so short that we could fit into a 30 second Um, (laughs) fight for TV. So I apologize for that. I'm glad today we had an opportunity to have a real chit chat. Um, Hope to see you in real life, buddy, again soon. And uh, again, thanks everybody for watching today. Thanks to Jamie Campbell Bower. We'll see you on the next one, guys. Thank you.
0: And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh.
1: (laughs) Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs.
0: I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer, and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? (laughs) No, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen,
1: right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers.